increasing regulation, market saturation, and rising interest rates. Still think short-term rentals make sense? You're not alone. Join industry experts Bill Faith and Kenny Bedwell as they discuss how you can invest while still staying ahead of the curve, identifying trends before they happen, or blowing them away outright with their insights. This is STRonomics. The podcast is brought to you by Market My STR, the ultimate all-in-one marketing platform for short-term rental hosts. Are you tired of juggling multiple marketing tools? Say goodbye to the hassle and make your life as a host a breeze with Market My STR. Boost your booking rates and increase your revenue in no time with our powerful features. Our platform streamlines your marketing efforts so you can focus on what you do best, providing unforgettable guest experiences. Whether you're a newcomer or a seasoned host, Market My STR has got you covered. Stay connected with your guests using our comprehensive set of communication tools. From custom landing pages to text messages, email marketing, and social media integration, we provide all the tools you need to elevate your short-term rental business. Streamline your operations, enhance your guest experience today. Don't settle for less so we can have it all. Make the switch to MarketMySTR's all-in-one marketing platform and watch your business soar. Visit MarketMySTR.com today to sign up for your free trial. That's MarketMySTR.com. Elevate your short-term rental business with Mark and my STR. Hey, everybody. Welcome to STRnomics. I'm Bill Faith. This is my main man, Kenny Bedwell, over here to my left. What's up, Kenny? It feels like it's been a while since we've recorded a, uh, a new episode. Yeah, because we just cranked him out the last time. So, yeah, it's been, a, it's been about a month. It's all <laughs> about stacking as much content in one sitting as you can. There is no question. You know, yeah. a lot of these podcasters, I'm doing 22, I have 22 podcasts as a guest on my schedule right now. And almost wow. all of them just do like one day uh, in a month. And then they'll go and they'll record like two months worth of content, like eight podcasts in a day. It's kind of crazy wow. how that works. But today, Kenny, we're going to talk about something that, you know, most people don't. It's not really a topic of conversation that I see a whole lot. And it's building versus buying uh, short-term rentals. You said you've had a few people come to you and ask about that. There's a lot of stuff going on. You know, when we were down at my mastermind meeting in Orlando, Remember the build to suits for the 15 bedroom, the nine bedrooms built specifically yeah. for short-term rentals, Ryan Duffy's building specifically for short-term rentals in Branson. There's a lot of this stuff that's going on. Uh, so what were they asking you? Oh man. So there, there's, uh, uh, a lot of my clients. So we've taken on a lot of clients for finding properties for, and some of them are like, well, do you think it would just be better for us and more lucrative to build instead of trying to buy something? you know, where prices are still a little bit high, numbers don't necessarily make as much sense. And, you know, we can afford to build, the numbers look good, you know, like, do you think that's a good idea? So that that's really like, that's the question that I get a lot from uh, some of our clients. And so what we've done is we've kind of looked at it from two perspectives. So number one, what would it be like to build basically fine land and then build on it based off what you would you know, design a perfect short-term rental or, you know, not to, uh, use a bill of faith word, a super property. So how would you build a super property? And then two, the other way to look at it is what if there's already super properties being built that you could just buy that are already like under construction or almost finished that uh, no one has already under contract. So that that's like two different ways to kind of skin the cat. One's a little bit quicker than the other, but the other one, you can really design something to be amazing um, in, in a lot of, uh, really good markets. I think there's a lot to unpack on what you just said there. And I want to start there's with something lot. that's already under construction. That's being built as a short-term rental. 
I think there's a big difference in a contractor building for a short-term rental that isn't super experienced like you and I as mm -hmm. hosts. I think they think they do the right things, but they typically don't understand. I mean, we'll just use Scott as an example, you know, who's buying new construction that's almost completed in a market in the Northeast right now. And he's having to go in and make some pretty significant he got the builder to do some pretty significant concessions in the negotiation because a lot of things needed to change yeah. because it just wasn't perfect. I think if you really know what you want to build, I mean, I was just in a, almost an, as close to as a perfect as a build as I've ever seen the, you know, Brad and Richard Arkell's mega super property in Wisconsin where I had the mastermind meeting. It's as close as I've ever seen, right? But I think most people, if they've never been through construction, it's challenging. So one thing I would advise is just like I don't, I advise don't rely on your realtor to give you, you know, forecast numbers and revenue and, you know, profit and all that type of stuff. You got to run your own performance and do your own due diligence. Same thing if you're going to go into new construction or a built for STR construction. If you've never done that and you've never built a super property, get me or Kenny or somebody to come in and consult for you. Cause there's so many small things. And Kenny, I saw the coolest thing at the Arkells that I will, if I build another property, cause it's in most cases, not going to be cost effective to add into a super property unless you already have like a wet bar, but a water, water bottle filler, a water bottle filler. Cool. You, know, you only see those at like big venues and start schools or whatever. Yeah. And it was awesome. And it was cost efficient as something like that, when you have a property that can sleep 80 people, you know, you think about a refrigerator that has the, the water dispenser on the front. So first thing that gets broken, right? So you yep. can eliminate some of those things. You're not going to find uh, a kitchen with two or three trash cans built into the cabinets, right? So I think you get that stuff when you do your own build, if you think about it. But I kind of, I didn't even think about this until you brought up this topic. I'm sitting here visualizing the Arkell's property. They had three pull-out trash cans. I wouldn't have thought about that. You know, I mean, that's just something that most people don't think about unless you've done that before. I wouldn't have thought about putting a water bottle filler, you know, next to, a, a, you know, one of the, a wet bar or whatever it's called or a comfort station. So I think if you can get some input and some feedback, I love new construction. My number one property is new construction. And my maintenance cost a year and a half later is still virtually zero unless it's induced by, you know, guest damage, if you will. Mm. So I am pro construction. If you can qualify the financing terms, if you can be patient, but there's, you know what? I just spoke to some bankers. I'm flying, making a, a trip tomorrow, one day turnaround. And I think it's easier to get a construction loan today than it is to get a bunch of ARV factored into a traditional loan. I I would agree with that. And I, I'll kind of circle back to the property. So, and I think it's, it's important for our listeners to know too, that it's not just about like, oh, you have to go build a property, but there are properties like Bill was saying that are not yet finished, that if you get in, you can work with the dealer, get the, or not the dealer, the, um, the builder and get the concessions of, you know, adding certain things. So, hey, we want a hot tub and we want it here. So we want the hot tub pad and we want the electrical hookups and all this stuff. Like getting that a part of the deal makes the property sweet. So my thought and what I've seen, especially in today's market for deals, are if the, pro if the property 
is in the right location and it has views and it and it's a new construction means it's of the best quality of property in that area you can add amenities you can add design and decor you can make it better but if it nails the location it will be one of the best properties in that market hands down i a lot of people come to me kenny all oh, that market's saturated i would never invest in that market well guess markets what? are not saturated yep exactly the market and bedroom count right <laughs> yeah it's not, yeah, it's nothing to do with that. You're, you're introducing, especially in a lot of markets where there aren't a whole lot of new builds. I know like, you know, the Smokies and Blue Ridge, like they're just, there's developments of these things all over the place, but they're going to be better than a lot of the current properties there. And people aren't even thinking about that too, from a, you know, a standpoint. However, a lot of markets where people are just buying one-off plots of land and they're building on it, they're doing this new construction. It's, it hasn't been introduced to the market before. So I'm seeing a lot of really, really good deals that are these properties that are being built, been sitting on the market for 70, 80, 90 days because the realtor or the builder, whoever's selling the property, isn't updating the photos. I found one the other day of the property's already finished and it's got amazing views, but they still have the photos from it was like, they just had the, you know, like the walls up. So there's nothing inside. So you can't even tell what the interior looks like. Um, so you're you're looking at this this property and you're like, oh, well, that doesn't, I, I can't even tell what it is. And people are passing it over, but they they don't get down to the shop where they see the amazing views. And you call the realtor and like, oh yeah, let me send you the updated photos. And it's amazing. Like the the finishes and everything are, are well done. So I, like we, we've seen a lot of those popping up uh, recently. And anyway, so- something to, to chew on for, for people who are looking for deals out there too. Well, I think the other thing is just the maintenance cost, right? Yeah. I mean, I literally, I'm closing next week on my condo, you know, outside of Glacier. Hey, you found funding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, four, three banks turned down the condo. Not me, thank God. I'm okay on the financial side, but um, yeah, I got it done through a credit union. It was awesome. And I got a friend and client, you know, the one last one that was available through the same credit union. But I literally have $0 for year number one factored in on the maintenance budget. Nothing. I mean, unless something crazy goes wrong with, you know, a refrigerator or whatever, it's all brand new construction, right? It's top of the line. So you think about if you buy that old chalet, that old cabin in, you know, somewhere on the East coast, it was built in the eighties or in the seventies, you buy, Go out to Fort Morgan, Alabama and buy a 1983 beach house that's been through three hurricanes and just patched up every single time. I mean, the, the maintenance costs, even after you go in and rehab, there's still electrical issues, plumbing yeah. issues, all these things. The maintenance cost is so much lower. Um, and your property, it's really hard to take those older properties, Kenny, even with what I do and rehabbing and stuff and, and make them. You can make the interior feel new, but a lot of times the exterior is very challenging unless you're going to spend Scott again in, in the OBX. He's going to spend like 120 grand residing uh, a property he's buying in the OBX. There's a lot of work that goes into that. And what happens is, is when you buy these properties and you rehab, as we talked about earlier, it's hard to get ARV loans. That's going to mainly be out-of-pocket cash, right? And if you do a really good construction loan, you should be able to roll in all of or the majority of your furnishings into that build as well. 
So you can be out of pocket, significantly less cash. We're talking maybe 30 to 50%, sometimes 100% if possible on new construction. So I'm definitely pro new construction in many respects. I think the, the issue that I see is, and I had a conversation earlier today on a coaching call about people chasing markets. And I think that's, if they go to the markets like what you and I are talking about, these secondary markets that people are not really discussing, I think they can find land. I think if they're going yeah. to Broken Bow, if they're going, you know, to Palm Springs, to- Well, everybody's going there. But, but you know, I mean, but yeah. I'm saying that's what everybody is chasing, right? They're still chasing mm -hmm. those markets. They're not chasing these tertiary markets that you and I are looking to invest into. And those secondary and tertiaries, you can find good land. You can find good views. You can find good proximity, good locations. In those traditional markets where you shouldn't be fucking investing anyways, you're not going to find any land there. Yeah. And and here's here's what everybody needs to do. If you're if you're like, well, is this market tertiary or secondary? Or is it one of the popular ones that Bill and Kenny are talking about? Go look at the top properties in that market. Okay. If none of them are new construction, new builds, there you're there, there's your answer. Right. So when I go look in the Smokies or in Blue Ridge or Broken Bow, any of these big popular vacation markets, the top properties are new belts with views or whatever factor, you know, it, it comes to play there, but they are new belts. And so that doesn't mean just like, that doesn't justify you going into any of these markets. What we're telling you doesn't justify you going into any of these markets and buying new construction uh, because we said it's good. It's be smart about it. Go look at the competition. I call it the barrier of entry. Where is that barrier of entry? When you come into with a new construction property where there are no new properties in that market, you if you're in the right location, you're immediately the cream of the crop. And that's what we're looking for as investors is how do we get to be the top? How are we the top dogs? How do we kind of create that that moat? You know, I hear that all the time from uh, investment capitalists. What's your moat, Kenny? You know, of your business. But yeah, I mean, that, but that's because it's an investment. We want to create some sort of strategy that protects us from competition and people replicating what we're doing. So creating that moat, new construction is a way to do that. Great. I mean, even if you look up at the top of Gatlinburg and Ober, you know, overlooking down at the valley, you remember the crazy house that Brandon almost bought a few years ago? Yeah, that's true. Yep. <laughs> I think that was like the day after. That was either that was the, actually the exact day that you kind of showed everybody your first spreadsheets for uh, STR Insights. You remember that? Yep. I do. You remember what, what, what city was number one at that point? Uh, yes, I do. Logan, Ohio, baby. Logan, Ohio. I just yeah. talked to somebody that has a, a place in Hocking Hills today. I said, I love Hocking yeah. Hills. Logan, Ohio, that's different. We're gonna, um, but yeah. even up in Ober, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're seeing the same things at the top of the mountain up there. It's the new construction that's performing the highest, whether it's been a teardown or there was about 20 or 30 lots that were still available over the last year. I know a guy that's building four properties. I think they're two eight bedrooms and two five bedrooms side by side by side by side up there should be done with completion really quickly. And he's going to crush it because he's doing all of the, the value stacking inside of that property. And that's one of the hard things. When you buy a smaller, older property, even in a great area like that, it's really hard. You probably don't have enough land. And the, the internal design, not interior design, the, the layout of that property becomes really challenging to work with. So when I talk about building super properties, we got to look at that overall footprint. And that's hard to do in these old layouts. Yes. So, Bill, should we share some markets or should I share some markets with people for good deal? Because I'm sure that's what are on people's minds. Like, what markets should I go to? You mean on where to build? Yeah. 
potentially build? Where where do I see new construction kind of being like at the forefront? Or is it, do you think it's too late if I already know the markets? I, I assume you're going to name one of them. But... Actually, I'm not because I'm looking for deals for people and I don't want to send everyone there. So, right. okay. yeah. <laughs> so maybe maybe wrap I'll it up on. with wrap it up with two markets wrap it up with two markets um pick a pick a region of the u.s there we go i'll start with that west coast west coast oh man okay well all right i'm not going to do california oregon or washington because it just doesn't make sense in any of those states regardless of anything but utah i do like southern utah for new construction so like moab area there's like nothing in Moab. No, I'm talking like outside of St. George, like Zion, uh, near Zion National Park in between Zion and like Bryce. So maybe Kanab, Hurricane for Utah people out there. I did pronounce it correctly. It's spelled hurricane, but it's hurricane. So, uh, I mean, even like you can say like Northern Arizona, Flagstaff area too. A little pricey, but I like Southern Utah the best. So, Man, I thought you were totally going to go New Mexico on me. but uh, New Mexico? Maybe- Maybe that's no, I, I haven't seen, I mean, sure, but like, I haven't seen that. So I would never like recommend something I haven't personally seen in my opinion. So anyway, All right, what's number two? I don't know. Give me another state or region. Uh, the Dakotas. There's only one area in the Dakotas that you can STR that's even worth its salt. So whether you build or just rapid city, I, I guess you could say rapid city, but like, you know, near Mount Rushmore, like Custer yeah, that's area. Rapid city. Keystone, well, yeah, Rapid City is like the city, <laughs> but I'm talking like the area. So, all right, so let's do Midwest. Let's stay away from the Southeast and the Northeast. Midwest, Midwest, yeah. So that that one's a little like vague, but I would definitely a thousand percent build on a lake in the Midwest. Like, you mean like yeah. Hamilton Lake? <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> next to the next to the Arkells place. No, that's no. Hamilton Lake's in Arkansas. No, no, Arkansas. But do you consider Arkansas like Midwest or South? That's definitely Midwest. I don't. Okay, I don't like, think okay Arkansas sorry. I was thinking out. like you're talking like up like Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan. I mean, all those areas. Maybe Pretty Arkansas. Like, well, Hamilton Lake for those of you is in uh, Hamilton. Arkansas. So maybe that is. The, but you okay. know, I I don't think that you can just go to Spooner Lake, Wisconsin, which is where the Arkells are, and build a three bedroom. No, and be a viable property. I think, and that's that's where bedroom count becomes really critical, right? The size, the attraction. So they have built a mega super property to where they are the attraction, and people are flying in the Minneapolis. Most of their customers, their clients, their guests are flying in the Minneapolis, driving two hours with thirty-five to sixty people. Sleeps eighty, but that's kind of their sweet spot, like forty people roughly, in corporate groups and family reunions and that type of stuff. They are the destination. So it's one thing to pick a market. It's another to build something. But if you're going to do that in in Minnesota, if you're going to do that in Wisconsin, if you're going to do that in Missouri, away from Lake of the Ozarks or Branson or whatever, you better be the fucking destination. And that means you got to have a super, super property. Yep. I, I'd agree with that. I mean, there's some areas that are like, so we want to target markets that have medium sized markets. So they have more than a hundred active listings up to about 500 and and I mean it could be more than that. I think it's some, but like when it gets more than that, you're going to start seeing more newer construction properties already in play. So if you go to say like a Branson and you buy a new, con- there's a ton of new construction there. Maybe not what Ryan. No, Duff there's is not a ton. There's a shit ton of new construction. <laughs> there, there you Branson. go. Yeah. Well, like, and it's even it's not just on the Branson or on the Branson side. Now it's on the Arkansas side yep. of that lake too. So people 
that want to save a few bucks are going to the other side of the lake, which is now getting developed. Right. And I think too, it's also really important. It's not just about buying any lot. We want to make sure that it builds, going back to it again, it builds the moat. So if the lot next to you was built for the same exact purpose, you know, if somebody built upon it like for the exact same purpose, do you have better views in them? Or are you literally just going to be the same? If the answer is you're going to be the same, you're probably looking at the wrong lot. So anyway, just a couple like foods for th- food for thought. Just don't go out and buy any old lot because Bill and Kenny said, go buy new construction. That's not what we're saying. We're saying be strategic and it's a way to find deals in today's market and climate. I agree. And becoming the destination is a critical part of building a super property in today's economy. If you're in Branson, as an example, a lot of people, unless they're like local and they just want to, they just want to go to Branson for all the activities. And if they're Lake people, they may be looking at Lake of the Ozarks as well. Mm -hmm. So how do you pull somebody to your property to make a decision on one location or another? How do I pull somebody to decide to come to Gulf Shores from Nashville, as opposed to going to Orange Beach or Pensacola or Destin? That's becoming the destination. That is so such a critical part, even if you're just competing in your submarket, your market, or to pull somebody from another market. Because a lot of people, you know, if I'm looking to go to the Ozarks or, you know, someplace in Missouri, I'm going to look at both Table Rock Lake and Lake of the Ozarks. If people live in Cincinnati or Chicago or Nashville or Knoxville, you know, or Huntington, West Virginia, and they're going down to the Panhandle, they're pretty much looking from Gulf Shores all the way through Destin. So building that destination, you can pull people from other markets. I agree. Cool. Okay. Kenny, great topic. Thanks for joining okay. me today. Great to see you. Can't wait to see you in person next week. And on the next episode here in about five minutes of STRnomics. Thank you guys for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube and make sure if we've driven any value for you, if Kenny's dropped one knowledge bomb that you think has benefit you, please leave a review for us wherever you're listening to your podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Happy hosting. Thank you for listening to STRonomics. Stay ahead of the curve and subscribe today. This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.